Welcome to the Blaze and Bush Podcast. I'm Jeff Bush, and along with my co-host Jim Blaze, we are here to share with you authentic stories of God's extraordinary revelation in ordinary lives. Our hope is that like Moses in the burning bush in Exodus 3, you may encounter the Lord through these humble experiences. Welcome to the podcast. Today, Jim's going to share a story about receiving a call from our Lord, taking action, and persisting through some difficult times. I think a lot of folks are going to relate to this situation. So, Jim, why don't you go ahead and share your story? A number of years ago, I was still studying to uh, uh, pursue my master's degree, and I was also working full-time. It was actually a pretty rough time because we also had uh, two young children. We had a uh, two-year-old and a newborn. So in the midst of all that, I was uh, in my last really year, uh, semester I guess even, and I'm in my office. I remember very specifically because I worked at the university and uh, a friend of mine who I had known even before we started we were both in the master's program, and we had known each other for a number of years prior to that, uh, was in my office at the time. I can actually picture this in my head. It's fascinating. So I'm sitting at my desk. I'm at my computer. Uh, my friend is uh, sitting there. He had just finished class, and he was standing, um, kind of leaning up against my desk. And one of the uh, religious sisters who I worked for, I was working in the office as the administrative assistant, uh, she was a professor in, in, um, in, the, uh, in the office at the time. So I worked for her, and she came into the office having just completed a conversation with a priest uh, who was in the St. Louis area. Now, my wife and I had already decided that we wanted to go back to St. Louis, uh, and our friend um, was also from the St. Louis area. So she came in to share with him about a job opportunity at a parish there that she had just heard about. But she mentioned it kind of offhandedly to me that, hey, you might be interested in this as well. It's like the courtesy ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, you're here too. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead and apply. You wouldn't be bad either. Right. Well, my, uh, my whole objective, I have to be honest, as I was pursuing my master's, you have different projects, and everything that I focused on was on teaching high school. That's where really because of my own experience, my own uh, a significant moment in my own kind of uh, faith journey was in my high school years. I wanted to have that influence on other kids before they kind of got to college and before that's when free- people frequently wander. To clarify, in a good way, you wanted to have a good influence. Because exactly. in high school, I don't think that's necessarily clear. You, you influence one way or the right. other. Exactly. Right. So I was hoping to be this positive impact. Um, but as she, soon as she walked in, well, not as soon as she walked in, but as soon as she mentioned this job opportunity, it was fascinating because, of course, I'm not in prayer. I'm just talking uh, with my friend Gary. And as soon as she said it, she said, hey, there's a position at this parish. I hadn't actually heard of the parish before. And she said, um, she mentioned that it was available. I heard in my heart out of the blue, that's your job. That's where you're going to be. And it was a certainty, like I knew that I knew that I knew. Like it was just a, a, a deep infused knowledge that, hey, this is where you're going to work, just so you know. 
But um, so did you immediately start scheming on how you're going to get ahead of Gary? Yeah. Line of opportunity? <laughs> so I, I crippled his leg. Uh, no. Uh, but actually, what I wanted to do, I wanted to test the spirits. That's what John recommends. If you go to 1 John uh, chapter 4 at the beginning, John says, Beloved, do not trust every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they belong to God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So basically, I had this sense that this is the job I was supposed to do, but I needed to test that. And uh, the beginning of my test was because this was actually the job, the type of job that Gary was interested in and had been preparing for all of his years there. I wanted him to have first crack, basically, is what it came down to. Makes sense. Yeah, so I told him, I even, uh, I don't know if he'll remember this or not, but I mentioned to him, I said, hey, if you apply to this, I, I'm i not going to do it. I'm not going to apply because I don't want to, you know, us to be in this competition, whatever, um, and I, I would probably lose. So, uh, and that would be a little hurtful, you know, so. You're just <laughs> bursting with confidence, it sounds like, Jim. <laughs> hey, Gary's very good at what he does. What can I say? Anyway, um. So, but Gary had had an agreement at the time. It's a little ironic. Uh, he had an agreement with a pastor at the time that he was going to take a job. It was kind of a handshake thing. He was going to take a job doing that same thing, actually at a neighboring parish. And so that was pretty much uh, lined up for him. And he flat out told me, you know what, I'm not even going to apply. I have this in my back pocket, so to speak. He had volunteered there, et cetera, et cetera. So I went ahead and applied to the job. Uh, what, what was going to happen? Well, I'm going to let you finish. No, this go story. ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just wondering, what is your state of mind at this point? So now Gary steps aside. Yeah. And you actually are applying. Yes. I can just imagine the turmoil that's going on in your head going, man, what if I don't get this? <laughs> that would have been a real the uneasiness. I actually, well, in my, um, my own desire, I still wanted to do high school. Like, that was the weird thing. I I heard in my heart, this is going to be your job. But what I really wanted to do was still high school. And so um, that's actually a different part of this story is uh, my own prayer for this. So I also applied to a position at a high school where I wanted to teach. And we lined up an interview that same weekend. So I interviewed both at the high school. And then later that day, I ended up at the parish that afternoon. So in the in the morning at the high school, interviewed, that went well, went to the parish. I walked in, uh, contrary to previous opinions, actually full of confidence because it had already been revealed to me that I was going to get this job. I had yet formulated an opinion, by the way. <laughs> so um, there's a panel of people. Uh, there is the pastor, the associate, uh, principal. I can't remember who all was there actually, but there was a group of people and they're all interviewing me and I come in and I share and it just went, it really went very, very well. Um, not surprisingly, cause I was, I was a pretty confident guy as far as you know, as far as I know. So the next day, um, I get a call from the pastor and, uh, and he basically says, he shares with me, he said, you know what, like, I've hired a lot of actually men recently, 
And so I came into this job search fully expecting and even even hoping to hire a woman because I've hired basically like three guys. Yeah, they're just looking to diversify in a row. A yeah, bit. sure. Yeah. And and so you want a broader, yeah. uh, you know, whatever team. So uh, he said, however, after all the interviews, you were the unanimous choice of all the people on the panel. So I said, uh, you know, trusting God's plan and knowing that this was his will, I said, well, can I get back to you? Because I, I still want to check on this high school job. Because <laughs> I, I didn't trust God's plan at all. That's the honest truth. <laughs> it was contrary to my will. So I totally called the high school. So we can actually question now where your confidence issue is. That's true. Um, I call the high school, and I, I, I get a hold of the guy who's uh, responsible for filling the position, the, the head of the theology department. And he says to me, listen, we have, is a Jesuit school. He says, listen, we just found out that we are going to be assigned a scholastic, a Jesuit scholastic. So someone studying to be a, Je- a Jesuit priest. Yeah, you're toast at this point. Yeah, and so be, he basically says, listen, so we, we're having to pull the job opportunity off, and he's like, we're not positive, nothing's for sure. But um, And I, I mentioned to him that I had this job offer, and they had given me a dollar amount with the uh, parish job. And so I asked him, I was like, well, if there is a job, like wh- what roughly is the pay? Because I have two kids, right? And my wife is staying at home at this point. And it was like, it was roughly two thirds of the parish pay. And, um, and I realized that, you know, as I, I used to be really good at math, I realized <laughs> This isn't going to pay my bills. Like this isn't even going to pay for my house. Yeah. Or any house. I can't even rent an apartment and pay all my bills on this salary. So there's some ease in just sort of immediately being able to cross this one off the list. Oh, absolutely. There was it was it could not have been more clear that this was not the job for me. That this was not what God had in mind. He made it extra special clear in that both the job wasn't there anymore and that if the job had been there, I couldn't, it wouldn't have met my needs. And he did it without demoralizing your confidence. So true. So true. (laughs) So, um, ironically, two things happen. Okay. So Gary steps out of the running, right? That's thing. Number one, this other position that I really wanted is taken off the market. That's thing. Number two, I hear this call in my heart. That's really thing number three. I said there were two, but I lied. Um, well, Gary's job, after I ta- accept this job, I accept this position, my future is determined. The pastor that Gary had this agreement with was reassigned. And so when he went to the new pastor, that pastor had no knowledge of any agreements or anything like that. And oh, no. Gary ended up not having that job when he came back to St. Louis. The uh, the uh, scholastic who had been assigned to the school he didn't he didn't end up fulfilling that, and so they reopened the job opportunity after I accepted the job. And so all of those things that closed doors or opened doors for me to guide me in this one direction, they all radically changed 
almost right like within two weeks of me accepting this job, it could not have been more clear that this was the place where I was supposed to be. But Gary ultimately feels like you took him out. Oh, definitely. From yeah, yeah, the back yeah. Of the knees. No, we haven't talked since. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm joking. He ended up getting a great job in Colorado and is doing amazing things. So, um, so, so you you get this call, and God ultimately is channeling you to the position. To oh, your point, it was, it was. I have never had anything more clear in my life than uh, that moment. At least up to that point, I should say. Up to that point, I had never had anything more clear in my life that this was where I was supposed to be. So so you have clarity. You start this position. You've moved your wife and kids to St. Louis, which is where you wanted to be. That's where we were going to end up, one way or the other. I was either going to you know, be a sanitation engineer, and we were going to live in St. Louis, or I was going to work for the church, God willing, and we were going to be in St. Louis. So that was our goal, because her family's all there. My family's all here. Uh, I didn't know that you were going to be a sanitation engineer. I wasn't prepared for sarcasm. <laughs> I was open to anything. So the goal was St. Louis or bust. Well, you were going to teach high school, so I do understand that. That's true. That's true. Okay, so you get into this parish position. Yes. And what was that like? So um, I didn't appreciate at the time uh, during the interview process that things were kind of in flux, a little bit in turmoil at the parish. It's not that they were hidden from me. They were actually pretty clearly articulated during the interview process that, you know what, like there's some division in the parish. Um, Things are kind of uh, challenging, and so we need people who will be able to massage that. You can't just come in with both guns firing, so to speak. Uh, You have to be able to work with people and, and, and be willing to listen and be patient, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think I just downplayed that in my mind, but I ended up at the position and I come to realize that it's it's actually um, it's actually in a pretty sad place that the parish was uh, I heard numerous stories of how united and how uh, focused and how many opportunities for growth there were at the parish. And then now things were divided. I mean, it was really remarkable. Um, there was a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, and uh, there was division between the pastor and parishioners, and then there was one group of parishioners that supported the pastor and another group that did not support the pastor, and there was division among them. Well, so technically, though, that is unity. Yeah. There's just a lot of different forms of unification in that regard. Uh, I guess to get division, you need multiple forms of unity. That's true, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was I'll tell you what, it was it really demonstrated that a parish is a parish family. And this one happened to be <laughs> a little bit dysfunctional at the time. So, um I have to tell you, and this is why I believed in the clarity of the call, um or why in hindsight I needed the clarity of the call was entering into this really minefield and there was, we would, I would talk with the other uh, staff members, and we were all kind of bonded together. We felt like we had to keep our heads down. <laughs> and you never knew. Like, are you a newbie? I'm mean, obviously you're a newbie to the position, but is the balance of the staff, are they, are they new to the parish or have they been there for a long time or what's the mix? There was a mix. There were some that had been there for years, but then 
there are at least three or four who are brand new. So, so we were all kind of in this together. I think we formed a pretty cohesive group overall uh, in the staff. There, there was not a lot of division among the staff members. Um, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. I'll say that much because, of course, we all have different personalities, goals, etc. But the um, there was always the fear that there was going to be some that we were going to make the news. So there's some murkiness. There's murkiness. Yeah, okay. that's a, that, well said. Okay, it, so. No, go ahead. Okay, so um, so we end up going through this, and uh, for about let's see, I started in August, and really into December, um, this was kind of just the normal. We're trying to get things done, establish Bible studies. We're doing, you know, RCI. We're doing adult formation stuff, and we're preparing kids for sacraments. That sort of normal activities. Now it's my first year, so I don't know that this is out of the ordinary. That only really became clear after the second year <laughs> that, hey, this is so much easier than, <laughs> than what we had at the beginning. But um, uh, we came together for a staff meeting. I actually have another, maybe that'll be another episode, but um, uh, another experience with this. But we came together for a staff meeting, and um, our, our pastor announced that he was going to step down, that he had already announced, that he had already told the archbishop that he was stepping down. Now, that's a pretty unusual step uh, and and boldly taken. And um, we were, you know, we were very surprised. I can say that. Um, so the auxiliary bishop stepped in just for a period of like two weeks until a new pastor could be found for our parish. Um, and I actually just happened to see him recently. And I, I reintroduced myself um, even though I worked for him for all of two weeks, he, he didn't remember who I was, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but I reintroduced myself, uh, sort of placed how we knew each other. And he said, oh yes, I was there for the good Friday of your parish. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> it was a tough time for the parish, but I will say, uh, so a new pastor came in a lot of, uh, he, he, uh, uh, really performed miracles, uh, listening to people and just calming a lot of the division, um, brought a lot of unity back to the parish, which was, which was fantastic. And, and we were able to move forward. And I think that that was, uh, really a gift from God that in spite of what had been divisions, we actually grew as a parish and, uh, and I will say the staff was very, like we just felt very connected to each other. Like there's something very bonding about going through this together uh, that led to a more uh, united staff than I think is is, is typical, actually. Um, and so we really came out of it, but we really had to persist, you know? Like we really had to to kind of get through that. Now, for me personally, I looked back on because there were times when I was like, what is going on? Like I, any sane person should be looking for another position, <laughs> you know, like this is, this is a little crazy, but I kept going back uh, to that moment in my office when I had such clarity and looking at the circumstances of, of having this job, I kept relying on that. I really leaned on it to recognize, no, this is absolutely where God has asked me to be. 
Well, and I think that's actually a really unique point of this story, Jim. The fact that you lean on God's call for you to take this position. He's clearly channeled you to this position. You've gotten into a situation that's contrary to maybe what you had hoped you were going to get involved in. It's it's very murky. But you continue to persist and out of the persistence, you know, goodness ultimately comes, you know, and glory prevails. It, you're the you're the hero. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all because I was there a long time and there was no healing coming. It wasn't until uh uh but the Lord did work and I I have to say that people were um and this is the grace of God, is that the parish came out of that in a better place. It really did. And it, and it did it, I think, not in spite of, but in, in some ways, God used that to transform, I think, to help people appreciate uh, how much we need to rely on God for our unity, for uh, just the communal spirit that now I would say, um, or, you know, for, for so many years, so many, so much of the time that I was there, uh, that prevailed, you didn't take it for granted. And I think that's such an easy path to go down. Well, when you go through something like this, you don't take that for granted. Hey, it's Jim again. You know, I'm the kind of guy that when he finds something really worthwhile, likes to tell people about it. So I wanted just a minute here to tell you about a line of Christ-centered clothing called God's Brand. I personally have several God's Brand items, pullovers, button-downs, a really nice quarter-zip fleece. They're stylish, and they help me represent my faith in everyday life. When you get a chance, check out godsbrand.com. They have all sorts of styles for almost any occasion. Again, they're at God's Brand, all one word, dot com. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. You know, I think it's incredible is that God has used a story like this, Jim, a story where you get a call, the situation is, is more murky than expected, you have persisted, and goodness has come as a result. I think in hindsight, it's really amazing to think about how God uses situations to transform our lives. And so often those situations are not, they're not as rosy as we might suspect. You know, God uses difficult situations to really transform lives. I can think about that from my own experience, which we have shared in prior podcasts, and so many experiences that you know I've discussed and we've discussed with other individuals where they look back at moments in their life. You know, your example, the the finding a new occupation and, and making a transition in location and life and so on, you know, that's a pretty ordinary situation. These are these are situations that individuals are going through 
on a daily basis, week after week. There's nothing really out of the ordinary in your story. But what is extraordinary is the fact that, you know, you have answered this call and remained persistent and stuck through a murky situation. God used that to transform you. You know, and really what I think it has done, I speak for myself, and I, I think I can speak for you in this example, is, you know, now when difficult situations arise, you don't really take them for granted right? anymore. It, it's because of a relationship that you have with Christ and an understanding that He has placed you in difficult situations for a reason. And the answer to that call or the expectation he has of you is not to run. It is to persist. And while the situation might be tough, this is what I think is so hard for people to understand. You know, and this is something we've talked about in the past is like the question of why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. You know, and that could be as extreme as a sickness or a death or something more catastrophic than a difficult work environment. Right. Right. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is God has you in that position. And when you really have a true, deep relationship with the Lord, you can recognize those situations as really an opportunity to say, okay, God, why am I here? Yeah. What What are you working on with me here? It's not a moment of panic, because you have a relationship, there is depth. You trust in the Lord, right? And I think in in this particular case, um, there was a clarity to the call, and that was a blessing. But it's not like this was the only time that we've gone that you know I personally or I, I know for you as well that people go through difficult times. They don't only go through difficult times when God gives them clarity that they should be there. But you trust that God, who is uh, providential, is allowing this, or um, it's not to suggest that there are never times when God wants you to remove yourself from a um, from a situation. However, there are moments when you can discern, you know what, God wants me here, um, and and I don't have the clarity of like my experience, right? Where all the doors closed except for the one that he wanted me to walk through. But you still have the murkiness even without that clarity, and you trust that God is in charge. I've got to read a passage from Romans five. Is it Romans five, three through five? Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Okay, so it's only going to be three and four. Okay. I feel a little gypped, but that's okay. Well, I'll read five just because. (laughs) And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Actually, I'm glad you added five. That's a great, that's a beautiful expression of what we trust, is that, you know what, even this, and no matter what the this is, whether it be, uh, mine was really a pretty minor experience, right? Like, 
uh, yeah, work was hard. Okay, you know, <laughs> that sometimes happens. That was a really minor experience. Sometimes it can be, you know, we had the podcast on my mom going through cancer. That's much more challenging. Uh, we've had, you can go on and on. But the point is not what are you going through, but trusting God and seeking uh, his consolation that and his strength to allow you to persevere because that is what is going to call you forward in the Christian life. You can unite your sufferings with the Lord's. There is nothing that we can suffer that Christ has not already suffered for us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blazing Bush Podcast. Be sure and check out our website at blazingbush.com, as well as follow and like Blazing Bush on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, God bless.